It's from Mark, the fourth chapter. Mark, the fourth chapter. And, uh, you know, uh, Deacon Javier was so cool. He, um, he saw the video last week, and he said, he said, Pastor, you know, it's, this is good um, that you want people to write some things down. And so they provided some notepads. So if you need a notepad just to get you started, just to make, take some notes on what I'm going to share, you just raise your hand. We've got some pens and some notepads, you know, just to be able to, to you know, to help. So, all right, hands are going up. Come on, guys. Hands are going up. Hands are going up. There you go. Here comes the deacons. And so while they're coming down, keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Uh, I told you, I, it's repetition. I go off of repetition. Mark, the fourth chapter, Jesus tells a parable about the sower and the seed. And he's talking about, ultimately, how to get your heart conditioned. Conditioned to receive the power of God's word. It's the ever-living seed. There is seed, and um, I don't have my, my physical Bible with me um, here in terms of the Bibles. I have a lot of Bibles that have bonded leather and all of that, and I, I love my Bibles. Um, but uh, when I teach, sometimes because I want to have notes and so, so forth, my Bible is on here. Um, and there was a guy that I listened to years and years ago. You know his son probably because he's all over the, the, um, the media and has been actually since about 1999, 98, 99. And, um, but his dad, I, was, I would listen to his dad so often with, when I was a teenager and a, and, a, and a young adult growing up. This guy's name is John Osteen. John Osteen. And so John and his, his son really, you know, has captured uh, the essence of what he would do in certain things. And but one of the things I never forgot um, that, uh, that John, John used to, to say, he'd, he'd say, he'd say, grab your Bible and hold it up. You say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I, I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the word of God. And my, my mind is alert. My spirit is active. And I will receive the incorruptible. And this is my favorite part because this part is scripture. The incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the word of God. And then he says, I will never be the same again. Now John doesn't, uh, uh, Joel doesn't use this part, but John used this part, and um, it's out of the book of Acts. Um, he says, therefore, I commend to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build me up and give me an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And so I bought that out to let you know that it is an ever-living seed. The words, when you look at your Bible, if you have your Bible, you can, you can hold your Bible up or you can hold your, um, your phone up or your tablet. Where's, where's the scripture you're reading at? Hold it up high. Everybody hold it up high. If you got it, there you go. Look at that, all over the room. What this is, is a bag of seed. Seed. And the seed must go in to good soil. That's what Mark, the fourth chapter, is about. And Jesus is talking to the disciples and everybody around him about seed. And so he uses an example in Mark chapter 4. And those of you who are taking notes, I want you to write down Mark chapter 4. And I want you to read that chapter. Read that chapter. When you get home, read the chapter. Put an alarm on your phone if you need to remind yourself of that. Mark the fourth chapter, and he starts off by saying, you know, there, a sower went out to sow. And the sower is the guy who's going out. He wants a harvest to come at some point, and he's throwing seed on the ground. But when he throws the seed out, some of it falls on stony ground. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard ground. Now, he's not going and intentionally throwing it on cement. But because of the weather, the, the rain, the sun, it's made that soil hard. So when the seed gets on it, it just bounces right off. And it says when that happened, the birds came and ate it. And then he gives another example. He says, some of the seed that he threw, threw among thorns. It was, on, it was good ground, but thorns came up. 
and choked it. Both of those, the seed didn't produce. There's another part where he threw, and it was on hard ground, and the sun came up and scorched it. And then he says, the last scenario, this seed was thrown out, and it was good soil. And it went down, and it produced 30 times as much of the seed. 60 times as much of the seed, or 100 times as much of the seed. And then he says, whoever has the ear to hear, let him hear. The Holy Spirit is trying to say. Later on, the disciples came back to Jesus and said, what were you talking about? You didn't get any of that. Jesus said, to you it's given to understand. And I will tell you, each time there is teaching, whether through a broadcast or you're listening to a, a series or something's happening on the radio or television or you know, Facebook, whatever, and you might be reading the Bible yourself. You might be listening to scripture in a song. I love it when people sing the word of God. Sing the word of God. When I was, a little, when I was uh, in my early 20s and I had just found out that God was good and that I was born of him. Um, I used to think that I was just a sinner saved by grace. And so I was always sin conscious. I was always, I was always conscious of mistakes. That was, that was what was in my mind all the time. Until I started to hear that I am a love son born of a love father. And that he saved me and changed me and he justified me. So I stand in the presence of the holy God justified, not because of me, but because of Jesus. The thing is in Romans chapter 8, therefore being justified by faith, we have, and I'm sorry, uh, uh, yeah, it's in the book of Romans. Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. So I'm justified. Justified. Another passage of Scripture says that I'm sanctified. There's another passage of Scripture that says the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So these revelations started coming to me. And so just, you know, being a, a young, you know, musician, singer, I started, I, and whatever you do, let God's word and heart flow through you. What I did, I used to sing, I used to play the piano and do all those things. So I, and when I spend time with God, I would, some of you journal, some of you write, some of you draw. But for me, I was writing songs. And so I would write, I wrote this song. The song says, I'm holy, I'm righteous, I'm born again, I am a new creation. I'm sanctified, I'm, I'm justified. The blood of Jesus has changed my life. I'm being renewed in the spirit of my mind. I'm holy, for I am born of God. So, so what am I doing? I'm allowing, even in my own personal wiring, that seed to go down in my heart, and now something comes up where it's got roots. It's got roots. And I don't know what you'll do. We're all wired different. I don't know what your gifting is. I don't know what your gifting is. I know my brother Bob Hartford, you know, he's a, he's a, a wood maker. He, he carves wood. And so I see around the house and even what he's given me and, and one of my, my, my associate pastors, you know, in Philadelphia, he gave us these carvings and it's the word of God. That's his gifting. What's your gifting where the word of God becomes alive? What is it? And don't compare it with somebody else's. Well, I can't sing or I can't draw. Use whatever is in you. And let the word of God be alive. Jesus gives this parable. They come back and they say, we don't, we don't get it. He says, you got to get this. You got to get it. Because if you don't, you won't be able to understand the way kingdom works and how to protect yourself from the other elements that will come when the seed of the word is sown. And so that's why when, when I teach, and this has nothing to do with tearing, 
You notice I didn't put any kind of title on me. I want to be very, very basic. It has nothing to do with Terry. This guy wants me to write down stuff that he says, no, 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 no. I want you to position yourself for the Holy Spirit to make it come alive and to make it relevant to you. So fight against, fight against what I have on. Fight against that because um, that's, that'll be part of what the enemy does to take the seed away. Because Jesus said, the word, this is the, the, the explanation of the birds coming and taking the seeds. He says that's what happens when, the, when Scripture is given. That's the seed. Remember, I told you to hold your Bible up. It's a bag of seed. So when Scripture is given through word, through song, uh, reading, reading in a book, someone coming and speaking the word of you, word to you, someone on a television broadcast or a radio broadcast, a tape series, whatever, CD series. Sorry, I'm going back to tapes, just showing my age. Um, right away, watch out for the birds. Because when you throw seed on the ground, and you'll see it on some of these um, lawns, and the landscapers throw seed out, they put a bunch of straw down to protect it from the birds, because the birds are going to come and take the seed. So when the word is taught, you got to make sure you let it get in some good soil. Because if it's just out there, first thing, Satan will come and take away the word that was sown in your heart. How will he do that? He'll distract you. That's why you got to have your mind. I love what John, John said years ago. This is my Bible. Have what God said I can have. I can do what he says I can do. Today I will be taught the word of God. My mind is alert. So if your mind's not alert, God's going to say some powerful things by the Holy Spirit. And it may come through me. It may come through Julie. It may come through Dalton. It may come from Naomi while she's singing. It may come from another person in there. And here, that word is sown, but then Satan comes immediately. Try and snatch it. So you got to guard. you got to guard. you got to protect it, man. That's why I say don't. Try not to worry about what I have on. Because that's a little kind of distraction that the enemy will use. Look at him. He don't even have a suit. I'm saying some powerful stuff, but what comes in your mind is, man, does that stuff even match? When's he going to wear a suit? And how come he don't have a collar like a priest? Is he a real pastor? And that whole time, that dialogue's going on in your head, the word is being snatched. Is God saying some powerful things about your family, about your peace, things that will rival disunity, things that will bless your marriage, your, your parenting, your children, how you interact in society, the ability to go to sleep, can we say that out loud? God, thanks, thank you for sleep. The Bible says he gives his beloved sweet sleep. That's a promise. And so if sleep isn't happening, then you need to partner with the Holy Spirit so he can show you maybe some of the things that you're watching on television before you go to bed. You know, watching Freddy Krueger, <laughs> you know, and all of a sudden you get a nightmare. And you think, man, the devil tried to get me in my dream. It wasn't the devil. It was you watching Nightmare on Elm Street. So let's, let's make sure that we guard areas where the word is being sown. But then the other part of it is, he says at one point, he says, um, he says, defining that parable, he says, the cares of this world this is the thorns, when it falls among thorns and the thorns come up and choke the word. It says, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in choke the word. And that powerful seed that is ever living became unfruitful. That's why I want you to write things down so that you can go home later and put some thought and study to it. Later on, when he's in that description of the parable, he says, um, he says, take heed how you're hearing all of this, because King James says something like, with the measure that you meet, 
it shall be measured to you again. You know, when I first read something like that, I was like, what? <laughs> but what he's really saying is, the amount that you give to thought and study will be given back to you in wisdom and understanding and revelation. Which means if you don't spend some time saying, Lord, what were you saying to me in this topic that we're in, for example? What were you saying to me on, about love on Sunday? I want to give some thought to this so that I can observe to do it, live it out. Because you might say, Pastor, you've done this love thing, and, but you don't know my wife, or you don't know my husband, or you don't know my kids, or you don't know my neighbor, or you don't know what brother so-and-so said to me, or what sister so-and-so did to me. And so that love thing is hard for me. But when you give it over to the Holy Spirit in thought and study, he will show you how to do it. He'll show you how to love. He'll show you ways of escape when anger and bitterness want to come in. He'll show you strategies. And that's not just for love. It's for anything that God has called us to do or offered us to have. So it's important for us take some notes or go back and look at the broadcast or you know, make a poem about it. You know, something. That's what David did. The Psalms are filled with David's journals. And so let's, let's add value to that because we're trying to make sure the scent of this house, the scent of the house that you live in, and the scent of your house, your very life, that it looks like Jesus that it smells like Jesus. And that's what I want for my life to be. When people come around me, man, I want them to take note that I've been with Jesus. Not that I'm some special super Christian, no. But if he changed me and I'm born again, I am born of him, I want to live out and imitate my father. Everywhere I go. And I do it with my wife, Pam. And marriage is, marriage is challenging if you're not bringing in Holy Spirit. And I use marriage always as a relationship. But it can be husband, wife. It can be, you know, parent, child, brother, sister. All of the relationships are challenging. And that's why one of the first things the Lord told me to do was start to name some things in this house. And not that there's wickedness in this house or any of that. Pastor Paul and Pastor Kathy did an amazing job. But as we get the roots going down deeper, he says, we've got to make sure that some of the stuff isn't who we are, but that as citizens of heaven, we look like the Father. And I'm as mushy as I can be, I'm telling you. I'm the mushy guy. I'll cry at the drop of a hat. I hug everybody in the house. I, I've had services, there are five, six hundred people, and I'm standing at the door hugging every one of them. Kids, adults, men, women, young adults, teenagers. Listen, old, young, doesn't matter. But that's not love. That's an expression. And there are things that we need to do, and the Bible says, you know, greet each other with a holy kiss. You know, embrace one another, take care. There are over a hundred one another's in the Bible. Eat together, pray together, serve together. But love, that's that God-given ability to view another as valuable and precious. And we got to be solid in that. Jesus said they're going to know you're Christians by how you dress. Thank you, Dino. Dino's like, what? <laughs> No, they're not going to know you're a Christian by how you dress. Oh, they're going to know you're a Christian by the Christianese. How well you can say hallelujah and glory to God and blessed be the name of the Lord. And No, they're not going to know you're a Christian by that. I'm talking about real no. Because people can sniff out when God is there. They can, they can, they can sense it. Because they're going to know that you're a Christian by your gift. How well you can sing, how well you can preach, how well you can speak in tongues, how well you can prophesy. I want to ask the media guys, can you pull up uh, 
1 Corinthians chapter 13 in the Amplified Version. You guys write that down. If you don't have an Amplified Bible, go get an Amplified Bible. An easy way of getting the Amplified Bible is um, on your Bible. You get, your, you get your, your Bible app. A-M-P-C. And can you guys put the classic up there? Amplified Classic. So that's A-M-P-C. That's how you know. That's the Amplified that I want. There are many Amplifieds. But give me the one with the A-M-P-C. Um, and so I want you guys to write that down. And then when you get home, I want you to uh, oh, do, do it like this. Before you read it, um, say, Holy Spirit, open my eyes so I can understand this. You don't have to get all spooky. Blessed Holy Father, Lord God, creator of the ends of the earth, would you shine your eyes down on me and open my eyes? Jesus, 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 Jesus. You got to do that. Say, Lord, I really want to understand your word. Will you help me to see it? Help me to get it. One of my favorite songs is this song that says, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. So just simply say that before you start reading. Say, Lord, open, open my eyes. Um, and then when you read it, then get a pen or a pencil or whatever, or use your, your notes section on your, Bible and on, your, on your phone or wherever, and, and, and write this out or type this out. Lord, what do you want to say to me about this? And for me, I don't go in hard like that. I don't, I don't, go, I don't go hard like that. I start off soft saying, Lord, tell me how you feel about me. <laughs> how you feel about me? Because I, I, I need to oil it now. I need to condition myself to hearing the Father. And if I'm not careful, please don't miss what I'm about to say here. If I'm not careful when I read Scripture, I can come away with shame and guilt. I can come away with just nothing but judgment, all because I didn't start off saying, Lord, tell me how you feel about me. So I end up walking away, and what was reserved for people who aren't in the family of God, I own it like I'm, I'm an orphan. But I'm not an orphan. God is my father. So when I read the sacred scriptures, when I read from the Father's heart, I read, and I'm, this conversation I'm having with him is as a father and a son. And so you have to, you have to hear him say it. Otherwise, you read something and the enemy whispers judgment. Or you'll even now bring in personal shame and you walk away. Oh, man, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. What's wrong? Oh, man, I got to get myself together, man. There's so much I need to work on. Then you haven't been spending time talking to the Father. When you talk to the Father, he'll tell you, I love you with an everlasting love. You're my son. You're my daughter. I care about you. And even when you begin to retreat and say, like the prodigal, the prodigal was on his way home. He's like, all right, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go in and say, Dad, I'm, I'm, you know, I know I failed you, and I don't, I, you know, I'm unworthy. You know, I'm unworthy to, to even call you dead. I've sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven. Oh, I'm shameful. I'm, don't, in fact, I'm going to ask you for something, but I'm going to say ahead of time, you know, just make me a slave. Just make me a slave. You know what the father said? He didn't even give him a chance to say it. He says, here's my son. Bring the robe. Put the robe on him. Bring the shoes. He will not be a slave. But what about what he's done? He's my son. So anytime you come to God, he's coming with the arms. That story is not the story of the prodigal. That's the story of the father. Sometimes our perspective gets off and we highlight the one that we feel like instead of beholding the one who loves us. And the beauty is 
We always become what we behold. So the Father loves you. Hey, let's engage in some prophecy. Everybody turn to somebody, and we're going to prophesy over them. What? Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, I'll tell you what to say. So look at somebody and say these words. The Father is for you. Come on, don't let, look around. Don't let anybody be by themselves. Everybody needs to hear this word. The Father is for you. Okay, yeah, you guys talk to her. Talk to her. Yeah, yeah, Father is for you. Say, the Father loves you. He thinks you're amazing. And listen to this. And listen to this. He's not mad at you. Now say, do you receive that? Yeah, hopefully you're nodding your head, nodding your head. You know what that father told that son that got caught up in all that craziness? I mean, he was living in a, in a pig farm. And he's Jewish. <laughs> I mean, think about that, man. Pork, you know. He says, bring shoes. Put them on his feet. Man. He says, where's my ring? And the ring had the signature, the signet in it, you know? If his name started with A or N, the last name started with an A, it had the big A in there. So whenever he needed to do commerce in the community, even if everybody in the community knew what he did to his dad and the family name, yet the father says, here's my ring. You have my name. And if anyone tries to deny you benefits in the community, just hold the ring up. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians, the second chapter, he has given us his name. I, I have his name. That's why when I wrote that song as a, as a young 20-year-old, 20, 20 man, that changed me. Because I was walking around shame, had my head down all the time, because I'd done some crazy stuff. How many of you have done crazy stuff? Don't look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, crazy stuff? Anybody crazy stuff? Thank you, thank you, thank you. But then I heard that he loved me. I learned that he was for me. Yeah, but pastor, if I start treating people like that, they're going to take advantage of me. Can you take advantage of God? The Bible says, while we were sinners, Christ loved us. He died for us while we were there. Do you know how we treat people these days? We make them do a pre-wash. No, you got to stop this. You got you to stop lying. You got to stop smoking. You got to stop drinking. You got to stop this. You got to stop that. Then God will accept you. No, he says, come just as you are. And my blood, it's potent enough to wash you clean, wash you white. Is this making sense? Wave at me if this is making sense. Because see, we need this for ourselves because at some point, as I said out of Ezekiel 47, the river is going to have to run out of this house into the Dead Sea. There's some broken lives that need to be changed. But if we still have not gotten a true understanding of the love of God, then we're going to give people that same perspective. And we're going to make them go through a pre-wash before they get to the blood of Jesus. Instead of just saying, he loves you. He cares for you. Yeah, but I'm this. Yeah, but I'm that. Don't worry about that. The blood of Jesus is powerful enough to wash every stain away. Hmm. Pastor Terry, you being soft on sin? No, I'm going to be soft on sin. I'm not God. And the things that I'm saying are the things that Jesus said. That's why last week when I shared with you that the, 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 the religious people took that girl that was caught in the act of adultery. Now picture that. And then they brought her to Jesus and said, this is what we caught her doing. You know what Jesus did? Jesus started writing on the ground because he wanted to get the condemners out of the house. He wrote on the ground. And then he says, whoever is without sin, you be the first one to hit her with a stone. 
You'll be the first one to hit her with a rock. And they started dropping the rocks. From the oldest to the youngest. The youngest didn't do it first because they didn't have all the experience that the oldest had. They had a lot of history. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of stuff. That, yeah, I drop, drop, clump, <laughs> clump, boom, 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 boom. Some of them had a few stones. <laughs> and then it says he cleared the whole temple. But guess who didn't leave? The girl who was caught in the very act. And she says, Jesus says, hey, where are all of those that were accusing you and condemning you? She's like, they're all gone. He says, I'm not here to do that either. I'm not here to do that either. And then he says, go and don't get caught in that thing anymore. Let my love for you be the agent that keeps you from getting in that thing. So he did not call out the sin. He called out the sin. But he says, my love for you is greater than that. We have to get this down for ourselves and for how we treat each other. And when we are tight like that, the world will believe. We'll be able to go anywhere and talk to anybody, whether you're a corporate executive or whether you're the most well-known prostitute in the area, male or female, whether you're the most, you know, the one who's done the most heinous crime, like the Apostle Paul, or just somebody who was, who was off track, like Peter, James, and John. We'd love to be like them because we're part of the nation. We're part. And they get around Jesus and they realize there's some other things that I need to work on. So when you read the Bible, start off saying, Lord, tell me how you feel about me. Tell me how you feel about me. That's why when people come to the altar for prayer, first thing I'm saying to them is, oh, Father loves you. One of the most popular songs um, that, that we have experienced wrote a song called um, Please Let Me Know. And of all the songs, people just flocked to the altar on that. It, was, it ended up being an altar call song. It says, Please let me know, Lord, how you feel. Please make it clear, and can you make it real? Open my eyes to see how you feel about me. I need to know, let me know. And people would just get up out of their seats, coming to the altar, weeping. Why? Because people need to know how God feels about them. And the Father is saying, I'm not mad at you. I love you. My heart is for you. Don't run from me. I'm your help. But I'm not your help to point shame. I'm your help to point hope. And if you get a hold of that, and you go and find somebody who's broken, oh, man, it's going to be amazing because of what he's done for me. <laughs> what he's done for me is another song I love. What he's done for me is so amazing. The love he has for me, I cannot explain. All I know is I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And I know he will do for you. Man, that's it. But if I don't realize what he's done for me, then I'm going to go to you and I'm going to be, you need to get yourself together because if you don't, man, you end up going to hell and missing heaven. Oh, and what's the person going to do? Oh, man, how am I going to get myself together? And they may start off, but it won't, it won't keep. It won't stick. But when the love of the Father really shows up in your life and you know that he loves you, period, not 
based on, hear this, not based on performance. I, I know God loves me not because I haven't sinned all week. And that's not to justify sin. But that doesn't get me right with God. What gets me right with God is that I have fallen in love with him off of his love. His love is the motivation. His love. And if I do stand for him, I'm standing for him because I love him and he gave me the power to love him back. Not because I'm a performer. Because if it's based on performance, then I'm going to be walking around with a performing eye. Yeah, mm, nope. Mm, yep, yeah, nope. No. Yep. Oh, you know, they're holy. You want to see a holy person. Oh, that's holy. It's not performance. It's receiving the love of God and allowing the power of the Spirit of God to work in you, to will and do of his good pleasure. Is this making sense? Wave at me if this is making sense. Is it good? Oh, good, 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 good. Okay, so... Um, uh, yeah, because we got to read some scripture because I don't want to, you know, be like, man, he didn't even open the Bible. Okay, so um, let's, go to, let's go to some scripture. Go to that thing, Jack, in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 8, Amplified Version. This is what it says. And this is our core, and we're going to try and unpack on Wednesday. Our core is we should have the scent of the house should be love, unity, the word of God. Humility and the Holy Spirit. It's talking about that love piece. Pull up 1 Corinthians 13 for me, 13 for me in, that, in that amplified. Look at what it says. And this is verse, uh, if, you have, if you can start with four, that'd be great. But if not, just go straight from one. And we'll get, it, we'll get through it quick. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And... I'm going to start off reading it, and then we can catch up when, when we get there. This is the Amplified Classic. This is what it says. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, let me get there. Now I will have to wait for you guys. There you go. Look at this. This is verse 4. This is what love looks like. This is what love looks like. This is what love looks like. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love is, love never is envious, nor boils over with jealousy. It is not boastful or vainglorious. It does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude and unmannerly. It does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. That's an interesting, that's interesting. Because what it says is, when you forgive somebody, you're supposed to forgive them. You're not supposed to build up a bank account. Love, love takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Verse 6, it does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. These are some of my favorites. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Everybody read that together. Verse 7, one, three, one, two, three. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Here's the, here's the good part. This is the sweet spot. You ready? Let's go. Is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Let's stop there. Ever ready to believe the best. Somebody comes and tells you something about somebody, don't be quick to receive the accusation. Don't be quick to receive the gossip. Don't be quick. Be ever ready to believe the best. Even if they've done something crazy. 
Holy Spirit, help me to see what they may be going through. Holy Spirit, help me to see what may have come down generationally. You, you gotta, we've got to fight to believe the best. I'm ready for that. Wait till you find out about so-and-so. No, no, no. I am ready and waiting to believe the best. Look at what it says after that. It's hopes are fadeless. I hope in you. Person that's next to you, look at them. Look at them. Say, I hope in you. My hope for you, fadeless. It never fades. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I want to believe the best of you at all times. You can count on me. Woo, that's a good one there. You can count on me to believe the best about you. Hmm. His hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Look at the next verse. Uh, love never fails. Say it out loud. Say, love never fails. Say, love never fails. Say this. Say, I have the kind of love in me that never fails. I will never stop loving you because God never stops loving me. And he has put his love in me. Now everybody say, woo! Come on. Y'all gonna tell some people, man, they crazy at that church. Love never fails. Never, look, look, never fades out or becomes obsolete, or comes to an end. Now all those gifts, prophecy, tongues, comes to an end. It opens up this passage by saying, if I can speak with the tongues of men and of angels and I don't have love, it's just a bunch of noise. I can even give a lot if I don't have love. Nothing. One translation, it might have been this one. It says, you're a useless nobody. Oh, ouch. So if love's not in it, God's not in it. If love's not in it, God's not in it. Even if I'm speaking the truth, he says, speak the truth in love. Last passage of scripture. Um, I don't know if you have it. Uh, uh, St. John chapter 3. You have that in the message Bible? Message. St. John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. I'm going to read it until they get there. This is what he says. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. (laughs) And this is probably one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. This is verse 17. Message Bible. John chapter 3. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger telling the world how bad it was. He came to help to put the world right again. That has to be the scent of the house. First for ourselves. God's not pointing a finger at you, even if you missed it. What, Pastor Terry, you're so easy on sin. I'm not easy on sin at all. God hates sin, but God loves you. And God's way of getting sin out of us and getting us disciplined and developed isn't to be highlighting our sin as much as it is highlighting his love. And it is from that love that we say, God, I never want to hurt you. God, I never. That's why when I do a funeral, I don't do a funeral with a casket up here saying, you don't want to end up like that? You better give your life to Jesus. Come on, y'all. Really? Is that the best we have? We can't highlight the fact of Jesus was on the cross giving his life for us that we might have a right relationship with God. 
That's what brings us to our knees. That's what brings us to his holiness. And then from there, not performance, not performance, but love, says, Father, work in me because I love you. And he says, I will now receive the Holy Spirit because he will be the very power to get you past those things that you've been struggling with. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, how you love me. Oh, how I love you. When we get that and our love vertically is tight, our love horizontally will be tight. And then we'll take that home. The light that shines the farthest shines the brightest at home. Brightest at home. Shines the brightest at home. I want you to bow your heads. So, if you're here and you've been struggling, really struggling with receiving the love of the Father, we're going to release over you right now. And that's whether you're here or whether you're watching online. If you've been struggling, you've been struggling with receiving the love of the Father. I release over you right now just a love, a love that is so sweet. It is so healing. It is so gracious. It's also powerful. It can pierce through every bit of darkness, every bit of shame, every bit of brokenness but it'll also pierce through sin. So that when you respond to God, you're responding out of love. I release that right now, right now. The aroma of God's grace being here. Oh, man. Father, thank you for your love. Jesus, thank you for your loving sacrifice. Holy Spirit, Spirit of love, thank you for talking to us and teaching us about the Father's love. Not mushiness, although we may weep because we're touched by him. Not performance, although we respond with loyalty. And I hate the very thing that drove Jesus to the cross. I hate the very thing that Satan represents. But I respond with the power of the risen Christ. So Holy Spirit, will you rest on everyone that's here and everyone that's watching? Just, just saturate like the dew in the morning, rest upon their hearts right now. Be the great revealer of the love of God. And if there's anyone that has never accepted you, I'm not saying, Lord, that they've said words or they've said a, a line or a statement, but just really in their heart, like the, like the thief on the cross that says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Just the sincerity of coming to my life, change my heart forever. Come into my heart, Jesus. I make you Lord. Lord, there are those that are either here or online making those kinds of statements, drawing to you. Your word says if you draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. You go close to God, he'll come close to you. So, Father, just respond, respond, respond. With your loving embrace that you've shown us is so true. Older young, 
wealthy, unwealthy, educated, uneducated, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, African. Does it matter? Doesn't matter, doesn't matter. May your love be seen. Thank you for receiving us. Thank you. And even those of us who have been in your family, in your kingdom for years and years, whether one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, whatever it is, we still have those blind spots, Lord. We're still learning how to, how to say yes to your love, how to be ambassadors of your love. Help us. Help us to get saturated and reacquainted with this, the very thing that drew us to the altar, the very thing that pulled us close to you. It's what caused Zacchaeus to come down from the tree. It's what kept the woman in the church when everybody else accusing her left. It's what opened Nathaniel up to the supernatural. It's, it's what made the woman at the well a pure adulterer living that lifestyle, run and get a whole city. We want to be touched by that God. Fresh. Oh, Father, fresh and new. So that we can, Lord, to our neighbors and our co-workers, those on the street, those in the supermarket, those in the movie theater, everywhere we go, Lord, we can... We can really show forth this great and wonderful love. Oh, Father, we are so taken by your love. So fill us, revive us, and strengthen us in this area of love so that when we hear the teaching on unity, we got a great foundation. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, look at somebody and say, I love you. Ah, oh, I love you. Love you, I love you. Hey, look, real quick.